Bokar Tov, we're continuing Parashat Miketz, believe it or not. Because we can't seem to finish. We are at Shishi. Where are we? We're on Shishi? No, a little bit, no, further than Shishi. We're not further. We are on... Uh, I think we are... It's now, it's... Uh, it's Yuda. You're right, you're right. Yuda is... I think we're up to... We're up to the meal with Yosef. Yes. Okay. So they go back to their father. We saw the beautiful speech of Yehuda to Yaakov and how Yehuda was able to get Binyamin to come with him and all the textual references to previous points in Yehuda's life. They come and Yosef has a change of attitude. He's not the tough person that he was. He's actually inviting them in for a meal. Now they suspect... They're scared. They suspect that Yosef is doing this that he's doing this to ambush us he wants to put us in a position that we won't be able to resist so he wants to ambush us and to take us as slaves because of the money so they go to the guy in the front and they say look we have this we had this money um, that, that we found we promise you we don't know where it came we, we didn't we paid we paid and he says no I got the money no accounting. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, Yosef has instructed the guy to say that, which it seems like Yosef is trying to, again, put on an appearance of like a magician or a sorcerer to confuse the brothers even more. Okay? And then um, the, the person in the front, meaning the servant of Yosef, he brings out Shimon to them. So now the brothers are reunited, and we, we proceed on Pasuk 24. I- I just, I just want to say one thing, if you don't mind, that, that one of the things that I noticed the development as the brothers, as a nation, was their honesty when they told their father, said, why didn't you say that you didn't have, because no, they were very straight about everything. Even with the money, they were very straight, like they developed as a group. Man, the father had a doubt, like Rabbi yeah, was saying. Why did you say, because he wants to protect his son, but the, as, the, as a whole, they were very, they were trying to do the right thing. Are you, of Israel, are you joking? Yeah. I, I I agree with that. <clears throat> there you do see there they are they are pursuing truth and integrity at this point. I mean, look, they're also stricken by fear. They grew up, so they don't they don't want to go. It's like it's very easy to pay your interest payments when the collector is a mafia. Yeah, you know it's 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 um. So I I don't like I don't know how much you could intuit from that, but I, I do agree. They 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 are they they come off good. Okay, Pasuk 24. The man brings the people into the house of Yosef. He gives them water and they wash their feet. And he gives mispola hamorem, mispola's food for, uh, for their donkeys. And they prepare the gift until Yosef came in the afternoon. Because they heard that that's where they would be eating bread with him. And Yosef comes into the house and they bring him the gift that they had into the house and they bow down to him on the ground. He asks about how they're doing. And then he says, Is your father at peace? Is he still alive? It has been a while since you last spoke Six to them. Months, so maybe the reason they took so long is because Yaakov's not around anymore. 
ויאמרו שלום לעבדך לאבינו עודנו חי ויקדו וישתחוו. And I say no, he's at peace, your servant our father is still alive and they bowed down. This description Very problematic. of Abdecha Avinu, yeah, Le'abdecha Le'avinu is, is the Chachamim do criticize Yosef for this. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, it's like a real criticism because what is Yosef supposed to do? Spill the beans now because they, they refer to the father as the servant. But, um, so he lost 10 years of his life. Because of right. But, but uh, the Chachamim say Yosef should have interjected and say, no, he's not my servant. He's my father also. But, Again, it doesn't really fit with the story to expect him to do that, right? Um, one thing that Giacomo was saying yesterday was the point that I kept complaining about, about how Yaakov is sending the same items back, the, the same ones that the merchants took down to Egypt originally. And we said, and, we said, and Giacomo was saying, maybe it goes with what you're saying, that when Yosef is giving, leaving the money with them, it's a hint to Yaakov that a son was taken for money and then maybe Yaakov is sending back a message saying I know that there were merchants involved meaning that they are kind of talking in code yes. Yo- ya- Yosef is talking right so that's what I was going to say so Yaakov Yosef is sending the, the message with the money and then Yaakov is sending back a hidden message with, with the those same prices, gifts that remind Yosef yeah. of the sale Excuse me. Um, we'll see this at the end with with this mid- fascinating midrash about the Agla Arufa, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it with the Agalot. Okay, Rabbi Maruf has a famous interpretation on that midrash, which I'm going to share with you. It, very, very, it, like, uh, it was one of those interpretations that really get you to appreciate the brilliance of these midrashim and what they do. Okay? Pasuk 29. He raises his eyes, which again, every time we see Vaisa'enav, it's a serious yeah. uh, situation. Yes. He sees Binyamin, his brother, the son of his mother. And he says, Is this your younger brother that you told me about? And he said, God should, how do they translate Yochnecha? Should have uh, mercy on you, my son, gracious, gracious, gracious to, you. to you. From the word Chen, which is grace, right? So God should have great, should be gracious to you, my son. And Yosef hurries because his mercy was stirred regarding his brothers and he wanted to cry. So he goes into his room and he cries there. This is the second time. This is the second time Yosef cries. Right, so... What we're going to see, what well, 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 we're going to see, I think these cries could be understood as follows. Each time, we have three acts, as we said yesterday. The first act is when the brothers first arrive, and he cries once, but that's at the end, and it's pretty quick. I don't even know if he goes into a separate room for that one. He was on the side. He, was on he goes on the, okay, fine. He was listening in, but they didn't hear, I think. Right, fine. So the second one is the second act. In which he cries, he has to leave the room in order to cry, which means he broke down a little bit more than he did the first time. So what we're tracking with Yosef's crying is that each time he cries, it's getting a little bit more intense. And eventually, something is going to trigger him to the extent that he breaks down in front of his brothers and cannot hold it in anymore. Okay, he washes his face and he leaves like a pak, and he composes himself and he says, okay, let's put the bread. 
And he puts for him separately, and for them separately, and for the Mitzrim that were eating with him also separately. Because they could not, the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews bread because the Egyptians had dietary laws, which restricted them from eating food with Hebrews. Why is this important? Well, well, this is the part, this meal is the part of the story where I think Yosef is starting to try to give himself away. Well, the first thing that's awkward about what's happening is he's sitting together with his He is sitting, no, he is sitting separately. The Mitzrim are sitting separately and the brothers are sitting separately. So there are three groups eating. Yosef is eating alone, the brothers are eating alone, and the Mitzrim are eating alone. Now, if I'm the brothers, and I've been speaking to this Egyptian the whole time, and he's, he's come across completely as an Egyptian, I find it, don't I find it odd that Yosef all of a sudden decides to eat alone? It is odd. Why is he not eating with the Egyptians? Are the Egyptians restricted from eating with him too? What does that say about his identity? Maybe this man that we've been speaking to the whole time, maybe he's not really an Egyptian. And maybe some of the brothers or, or the brothers are starting to realize that there's something up with this guy. And then what else does he do that gives him away even more? Pasuk 33, And they sit before him, the oldest first and the youngest last. Right, and, and it, it seems like Yosef had, se- had seated them this way. Meaning it says it in the... In, it, doesn't use the, it doesn't say that he seated them that way But most of the Perushim say that Yosef had them sit in that order Meaning he designated chairs for them And then they sat down where he had designated their chairs So now Yosef seems to know, their, he seems to know their age somehow And he doesn't, he's not an Egyptian So that's the second hint to the brothers And he uh, portions were given from him to them. And he gives Binyamin five times more than the other brothers. And they drank and they got drunk with him. So that's that they got drunk. Maybe it's out of fear. Out of fear. People when people are very scared. You're king or whatever it is. Say that because when you get drunk, you say everything. Your guard is down. Uh-huh. To prove to, to prove to yourself. Now was Yosef also lying. getting drunk? It says they got drunk with him. Himo, yeah. yeah. So, so it seems like Yosef. Back to our theory of what Yosef is doing, it seems like Yosef, in a way, wants to be found out. Every time they break him down a little more, he's getting closer and closer to unveiling himself. But his real deep-seated wish is that they reach out to him out of he's love. Breaking bread with him. And That's really what it's saying. Right, but, but the, 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 it's the, what's on Yosef's mind is, I wish my brothers would love me enough to find me out. And more than that, more than that, if the brothers all of a sudden say, hey, are you Yosef? Do you know what that means? That means that they have so much respect for his capability that it's not so far-fetched to them that he would have risen to the stature that he is. Instead of disregarding him, who, do you, who does he think exactly. he is? Exactly. So in a way, if they realize that it's Yosef, it also means that they have a lot of respect for him. You know? It's like you find someone in the CEO position, and you, you're, 
you don't you don't recognize their face anymore, but you know that in your childhood there was a brilliant kid in school who could potentially be the CEO. You know, if you had respect for the guy, then you say, maybe it's him. Yeah. Now, if you don't have respect for the guy, then you would never imagine. Yeah. Same thing happened with David Amelie. So maybe Yosef, so maybe Yosef wants the them. Shmuel, and he said, they, they, all the brothers, nobody even had respect for David. Interesting. I don't know. I think if, if, if they realize that it's Yosef, then it's it's almost like an admission on their part that we know that you are brilliant and that you could have been this guy. Okay. Uh, so he tells the person in charge of his house, fill their sacks with food. Um, here, I, okay. Uh, as much as they can carry, and put back the money in again. each again in each person's sack. And my goblet, my silver goblet, put in the sack of the youngest one, and the money, and they did as Yosef commanded. Morning came, naturally these people are very hungover, and. You can only assume because of the previous night they got they got yes. drunk, right? Yes. So, uh, morning comes and the people are sent them and their donkeys. They leave it, They leave the city and they haven't gotten far. And Yosef said to the person in charge of his house, "Go run after those men." And you should catch them. And you should say to them, "Why have you paid back good?" Oh, have you paid back bad for the good that I did? Meaning, I, I sat you down for a meal. What have you done? This is the one that my master drinks from, this cup. And this is also, this is also the cup, this is the cup that he does the sorcery from. You've done bad what you've done. So, again, Yosef is putting on this show of being a sorcerer. Again, not only does he know their age, not only does the money, their, the money just appears, you know, twice. Now he's also a, an explicit sorcerer, so the brothers are extremely confused. By Asigem, he caught them by the and the servant of Yosef said to the brothers these things. Why would you say these things? Far be it from us to do something like this. The money that we found in our sacks, we returned to you from Eretz Kenan. How are we going to steal from the house of your master silver or gold? So they deny. Another thing that I find interesting about their denial, they say, we brought back your money. Meaning, meaning, almost like, Okay, you claim that it was it was double money. You claim that the money you got the money, but we know you didn't. We brought it back for you. <laughs> so stop playing. It's almost like they don't believe in the sorcery. No, that, that's yeah, what I that's way, what I in see. A, in a way, in a, yes, in a, way, right. in a right. way, the fact that they're saying we brought back your money yeah. seems to indicate that they didn't really buy the story that the guy said that I got the money. You didn't get the money. We brought it back for you. You know we're honest people. Right? That's what they're saying to him. The person who they find, who it is found with him, the goblet, will die. And we will be servants to our master. 
So, so obviously, the, the, this is the last of the, the, the puzzles that I wanted to share with you yesterday, is that this clearly has references back to the story of Rachel. Not only does Lavan claim Nichashti, Lavan in that story claims that he has the ability to, he's a sorcerer, also Rachel in that case takes the sorcery object of her father, Yani the Terafim, and then Yaakov, and in this case the brothers, announce death upon the person who stole that item. So the sorcery object is being stole by Rachel and by her son, Binyamin, or maybe, not really Binyamin, but in, in, at least in the, in the story, right? And, and what's, what we're going to have to see is, will the same fate that befell Rachel befall Binyamin, or will there be someone to save the day and stop the tragedy from happening this time? Well, last time she actually took it. Yeah. Well, last time she, this time Binyamin is just being set up. Yes. Right? Good point. Yes, that's the reason that this is. So they hurry and they lower each person a sack to the ground and they open up their sacks. They started with the oldest and they ended with the youngest. And they found. The goblet in the sack of Binyamin. They tore their clothes and they put back their stuff on their donkeys and they go back to the city. Now imagine they were so close to getting back. They were so close to leaving with food. Everything went well. The guy was nice to them. He treated them to a meal because he saw that he, he misrepresented what they were at the beginning. He gave them respect. He said, okay, I see you, you guys are, not, are no longer, uh, you're not spies. And they're leaving and they're so close. And then they catch them. We have to go, we have to go back to Yosef. And they, they, they tear their clothes out of mourning. And now we introduce Yehuda as the one who stands out here. Yehuda and his brothers come to the house of Yosef. Now, we understand why Yehuda is being pointed out here. Because Yehuda is the one who's responsible for Binyamin. So if there's anybody who's going to defend Binyamin and what's going on right now, it is Yehuda. So Yehuda and his brothers come to the house of Yosef and he is still there. And they fall onto the floor before him. What is this thing that you've done? Don't you know that a man like me has the ability to divine where you, my goblet would be? And Yehuda said, what can I say to my master? What can I say and how can I justify myself? Or how can we justify ourselves? God has found the sin of your servants. Behold, we are servants to my master. Both us and the person who the goblet was found in his possession. And Yosef says, No, I have far be it from me to do this. The man who found, we found the goblet in his possession, he will be a servant to me. And you can go back to your peace, in peace to your father. So, what is Yehuda doing to open? Yehuda, is Yehuda... 
Right. So this is Yudha's opening gambit. He's not. Is he going to settle for all of them being slaves, including Binyamin? Not a chance. Not a chance. He's trying to start a conversation with Yosef. And the conversation is going to continue in the next week's parasha, which probably is, not, not probably, 100% without a doubt, is the nicest dialogue, speech in all of Bereshit. Maybe in the entire Torah. The only comparison I was reading yesterday, maybe the only, the only speech that, you, that could compare to Yehuda's speech that we're going to study tomorrow is the speech of Moshe to Boreolam at Har Sinai when, when, when Boreolam wants to destroy Am Yisrael and, Yehuda, and Moshe says, erase me from your world, yani your book. Uh, book in that mean thing means the world. Right? Erase me from the world rather than destroy Am Yisrael. Right? So the nobility of Yehuda's character is going to come out Moshe's character obviously is, is maybe the only comparison. Um, but definitely in all, all of Bereshit, we're not going to see a ni- nicer speech. And we're going to have to analyze all of the tools that Yehuda uses to get Yosef to finally break down. And break down to the extent that he breaks down so heavily that he can't go into another room and hide it. Because so far, Yosef has been able to hide his emotions. Yeah. It's interesting. No, I'm looking here. This, this, we have our slichot today that we use. There's a man, yeah. man in the bed or man in Yes. Yeah, we, we take use, it from Yehuda. We, we take it from Yehuda. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what we saw today definitely references to Rachel's story. Yes. Uh, so those obviously are not are not by accident. There's something about Binamin's situation which is to remind us of Rachel. Um, and then tomorrow, Bezor Hashem will study how Yehuda finally breaks Yosef down. There are some discussion that maybe Yehuda is starting to realize Yosef's identity at this point because the speech that he gives, the speech that he gives is so perfectly targeted towards a man like Yosef that they say that maybe he even knows. But we'll see. I'm going to be learning remote.